So what we found, the more passion we communicated and the tighter we clung to those real core values, the more business we attracted. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. I've got a, an incredible guest today I'm very excited about. I have Robert Netsley of Inspire Investing, and already speaking to him just before the recording, I'm already feeling inspired, so I'm, I'm ready to go. So welcome, Robert. Hey, pleasure to be here, Dan. Thanks for having me. So Robert, just uh, for our listeners right now, tell them what a typical day in the life of Robert Netsley looks like. Uh, boy, I don't know if there's a, there is a typical day. I mean, it's, it's, we're uh, in the Wild West out here, literally in, in uh, Idaho in the United States. But uh, yeah, my wife and I've got five kids, so that's uh, morning starts off with uh, getting them all up and ready in the you know in a million different directions there. So that's that's a rodeo, um, wonderful rodeo. And then I like to uh, I get to the office, spend some time just in God's Word, in prayer, in His prayer in my heart to really serve Him for the day and lead the team well. And uh, then I jump into usually just meeting after meeting after meeting, talking to people, influencing. Sharing the sharing the message and the movement that God has is working on here. So that's uh, in a nutshell what we got going on. Amazing, five children. That's amazing. What's the age range? Uh, Sixteen down to three. So we have quite the gamut. Yeah, right. Pretty evenly dispersed there. So our oldest is getting ready to go off to college, and our our youngest is hopefully getting ready to get out of diapers. So that's <laughs> that's the goal, <laughs> the life goals right there. Amazing, amazing. So. Robert, tell us, can you tell me a little bit about your sort of leadership journey and then I suppose the origin story as well, you know, behind Inspire? Yeah, it's quite the story and I love telling it because it just puts God's sovereignty on display and His grace in my life. I went to school to be a fourth grade teacher. Um, I did not have any, you know, aspirations to do anything like what I'm doing now or what our team's doing now. And in a roundabout way, I ended up into the, in the investment industry. I was in like, youth ministry and different things, you know, just really living a missional life. My wife and I in our early uh, years married and started having kids, needed to make more more money, got into sales and business, et cetera, and wound up at Wells Fargo private client uh, investment services down in uh, Carmel, California, beautiful little little town on the on the coast uh, by Pebble Beach. And really life was good, right? I was, I was not uh, planning to make any changes there. Little drive down the coast every day, second story office looking over the beach, million dollar account minimums. Like I was, I was all right, right? It's it comfortable. And then I stumbled across this concept of biblically responsible investing, which is what we do now, where you're looking at not just the financial aspect of an investment portfolio, but the moral aspect, like asking the question, what are these companies doing to actually turn a profit? Are they manufacturing abortion drugs, selling pornography? Are they involved in human trafficking, you know, in various ways in their supply chains or like what's going on under the hood? And you know, I'd never looked at that. It never even crossed my mind to think about those things before. So I was curious and started looking inside my own portfolio. And um, really, I mean, the Holy Spirit just gripped my heart on this issue because here I was president of our local pro-life pregnancy center at the time. And I own three stocks of companies manufacturing abortion drugs. And, you know, it just struck me that every time that young lady goes across the street to Planned Parenthood, has an abortion, like I just made money in that transaction, right? It's, and it's a deep conflict for me and in, in my integrity and my, my deeply held values. And man, two weeks later, I was dead in the water. I didn't know what I could do. I, I couldn't do my job with a clean conscience. And um, that's kind of when uh, the Lord just led me to do what we're doing now. It's been a, quite the wild ride. And I could fill you in more on that uh, if you want to hear the whole story. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do because, I mean, incredible, incredible kind of sense of conviction and opening your eyes to what could be. 
but into what you've created now that there's you know can you give us just two minutes yeah absolutely i'd love to so you know when i stumbled across this idea you know i had this conviction in my conscience so i i thought i had to get out of the industry right so i went home told my wife hey honey i think the god is calling us somewhere else here's what i found and she's like, well, we got two babies in a mortgage, so what's the plan, right? And I had no idea. I was this, this close to going to seminary, being some sort of vocational uh, pastor or minister of some sort. And the only way I could think of staying in the business was, well, I had to leave the bank, start an independent firm that did some sort of biblical you know, investing, didn't even know what to call it. But that was crazy because I didn't have any money or experience or network or you know any of the things that you are supposed to have you know, before you do something like that. But as we prayed... Uh, for the Lord's leading, like he just made it abundantly, like unmistakably clear, like through just, you know, supernatural confirmations uh, that this is exactly what he was calling me to do. So two months later, made the incredibly frightening decision to uh, leave the bank, walked away from my, left my clients there at the bank with the team I'd been with previously, walked away from my income, less than two months of savings in the bank, you know, fully prepared never to pay my mortgage ever again in my life. Just me and a laptop started over from scratch. Like I had no idea what was going to happen with this, but I just knew that I knew that I knew that God was calling me to do this. And I had to be faithful, even if it was financially, you know, disastrous. Like, right. Okay. Like, Lord, you know, I'm here to serve you and not money. And uh, so here we go. So, so that was in 2011. And I just started educating people about what I'd found. Went out and told them, hey, here's what I found. Here's what I'm doing. And they had the same reaction I did. Their eyes got big, the jaw hits the floor, like, wow, I've never thought about that before. How do I find out what's in my portfolio? How do I invest differently? What does it look like? And the business started just booming. Honestly, the Lord just blessed it. And in quick order, I had to bring another advisor into the practice to just help with the growth. That was never part of my plan. I had no grand vision to build any sort of enterprise. But one advisor led to two, to five, to 10, to 20, to within a couple of years, mentoring hundreds of Christian advisors all over the United States, Wow, how to implement biblically responsible investing in their practices because God was moving in their hearts the same way he was mine. And there's this movement of God underway in the financial industry. And it was amazing. And it still is amazing to see what he's doing. So all through those those first few years, obviously God was at work, but the one of the frustrating things, there was no real product, you know, investment funds and just infrastructure and the picks and shovels that you need as a financial advisor, wealth manager to really serve, you know, your clients in a really robust way, one of the big like gaps was low cost index based biblically responsible funds, right? There was no like Vanguard fund of the biblically responsible world. Right. And that was a big problem for a lot of uh, firms. So we tried to get other asset managers, actual asset managers to to do that, launch launch product, but it became evident that nobody was nobody had an interest. It's kind of a weird thing, you know. I mean you go to a secular firm asking for, you know, biblically aligned products and it's like it doesn't obviously doesn't fit for a lot of reasons. And so we just, that left us in 2015, sitting around our little table in the office saying, saying, I guess that means us, right? So let's figure this out. So left my clients again, three or four of us kind of lifted out of that practice and left those clients with the team. Uh, and we started over and that's when we started Inspire Investing as a name, brand name, and trying to figure out, okay, what, here's the idea. Like what if we could, yes, exclude all the bad actors, right? The pornography companies, the human traffickers, the just unethical companies involved in problematic businesses. What if we could exclude those? But really, how do we find the best, most positive, inspiring businesses that are really blessing their customers, communities, workforce in the world in really tangible ways with how they run their business? Not necessarily Christian companies, quote unquote, but you know, businesses that are aligned with God's, God's will, which is a, a will of blessing to the world. 
And what if we could build low-cost indexes out of the most inspiring, positive companies in the world? I wonder what would happen. So we, we start developing what we now call the Inspire Impact Score methodology, where we, we rank companies from negative 100 to positive 100 to algorithmic quantitative measurement. We have over 40,000 ticker symbols going through available daily through our technology right. we've built uh, on a global scale to measure and monitor these scores. And we build indexes out of the highest scoring companies and, and keep the costs as low as we, we can. Uh, and, the, and the results were phenomenal. So you know, in a couple of years, we had this big like 20-year dream, like, man, wouldn't it be so cool one day to have an exchange-traded fund, an ETF you know, that we manage out there? Well, that 20-year you know, dream became a two-year reality. And wow. Like, it just was uh, remarkable. So 2017, we were ringing the closing bell of the New York Stock Exchange. And then the next day after we launched our funds, we were on the front page of the New York Times business section, you know, in every Starbucks. And I, I got all six copies at our local Starbucks. <laughs> and, you know, and then the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, and, and the Financial Times crossed the pond there and like just hundreds of articles. And we didn't have a PR team. It just happened. Again, God was at work and he's blessing this this movement. And we got to be and still get to be in a lot of ways, like the, the tip of that spear, sharing that that message. And the fact was that there's a lot of people who believe the Bible, who have who faith is important to them. And Wall Street is not paying attention to them. It's not serving them. It's not giving them a way to invest with the, in alignment with their values and their deeply held beliefs. And so fast forward, we had zero dollars then in you know 2015 when we started brand new scratch. Uh, we managed about $2.1 billion now, uh, wow. praise the Lord. We've been in the top you know, three or so fastest growing investment firms in the nation for a number of years in the Inc. 5000 top quartile fastest growing private companies, you know, a number of years running. Uh, Financial Times, they're, they have the fastest growing you know, public and private companies. So in the North South Americas, we've been in the, near the top of those lists. It's just humbling and awesome to see what wow. God is doing. So our, our passion here is to inspire transformation for God's glory through biblically responsible investing excellence innovation and and uh, trying to equip every Christian to invest for the glory of God. It's a very mission-driven company. There's a lot of work to be done, and we're running as fast as we can to keep up with, with God and, and what he's doing in the world. And and now as the ultimate, penultimate success, I'm on your podcast right now, <laughs> uh, able to share this with your listeners. And it is just brings joy to my heart. So I'm so thankful to be here. Oh, uh, Robert, that is an incredible story. Like You just want to have a little moment just to let that sink in. I mean, isn't... Uh, you know, this is a kind of sideways segue question a little bit, but has it taken you by surprise? Is God just, is God just moving and you're just following? It, absolutely. I mean, yes, it's, it, it really is that. And, you know, people look at us today and, and I talk to, you know, folks who call in or I run into them in a business function or something. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's impressive what God has built here and he's he allowed us to build, you know, for, for his glory, you know, 2 billion is not a small amount of money, but you know, it's growing quickly and we've got some phenomenal people, but uh, they kind of assume that, you know, we had like Ivy League, big, you know, financial right. backing, some grand plan. No, like the answer is no. Like I went to school, I mentioned fourth grade teacher, math was my worst subject in school. Like public speaking freaked me out of my mind, like like literally peeing my pants in front of class, you know, when I was a little kid. And, and now I just talk to people about money all the time, right? And <laughs> it's just got a sense of humor, right? He doesn't, he doesn't uh, call the equipped, he equips the call, as that old saying goes. And and we're just really, truly trying to be faithful with um, the message and work he's given us. And um, yeah, it's surprising every day, the kind of opportunities we get to explore. And uh, we're doing our best to, to handle them well. Incredible. Uh, 
Bless you. Such an inspiring story. Now, just a kind of technical question, just, you know, whilst we're on the subject, for those that aren't sure about what ETFs are, I mean, obviously, you're the world's largest faith-based ETF provider. But what could you explain ETFs to our, our non, non-investment audience? Yeah, so it's a fund. So an ETF uh, holds a lot of different stocks of lots of different companies. Typically, they're index-based, so they may have hundreds of stocks in little tiny fractions all together in one fund. And that fund trades on an exchange, like the New York Stock Exchange in our case, right? So every day, you, know, you can buy and sell that fund back and forth throughout the day or you know what have you. So there's a, a liquid secondary market for that fund. And so it's a version of a mutual fund you know, you know, you've got USIT uh, type funds over in, in Europe and in other places. So it's just the same concept, right? Where you get to pool your money with other investors to invest in a certain strategy or approach. The difference there is that this this fund has liquidity intraday. So you can you can access it much more easily um, throughout the day rather than like a, a once a day liquidity, like on a mutual fund or something of that nature. Right. They tend to be more tax efficient. But yeah, that's, that's what an exchange traded fund is. An ETF is what they call those. Brilliant. No, thank you for that. Now, you made a statement earlier on, Robert. You said, uh, you know, you're sitting around a table, 2015, I believe, and you've got a 20-year vision and you're kind of mapping out. You're, you know, you're, a, you're a young man still, but you're just kind of looking ahead in the middle of your career towards the end. And then you're saying two years later, we're there. You know, the the, the pace is incredible. So yeah. what, does the, what does the North Star look like? You know, what, what are the next, where are you sensing what's next? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's every Christian investing for the glory of God is the, is the destination. There's no reason that that should not be the case right now, but it sadly it is. Still, so many Christians have never even been presented with the question or the, the idea, hey, have you thought about what you're invested in? Right. From a biblical perspective, like from a values-based perspective. That simple question, right, that changed my life. And it's, it's changing the lives of so many people all over the world. It's it's a hustle to get that word out, you know, and 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 just present that question. So then we build tools to let you figure it out, right? So uh, we have a website uh, software called InspireInsight.com. InspireInsight.com is a free tool. People can go on any day of the any time of day or night and put a ticker symbol in, you know, of a, any stock, mutual fund, ETF, and see all the good, bad, and the ugly with these companies that you own. Uh, or are thinking about owning are doing, you know, from a value-based perspective. Brilliant. It's just education. You can do with that what you want, but it gives you transparency. And so just getting that message out is important. And then, you know, once people hear and uh, and have some convictions about that and, and you know, want to, uh, you know, invest in line with the, the values God has put on their heart, well, then they need solutions, right? And so there needs to be innovation. So that's where we got into the ETF space. Uh, it's not necessarily because we're passionate about the ETF business. No, it just was a huge gaping hole in the market that God's people needed to invest for his glory. And so nobody else is doing it, then let's figure it out. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of other types of products, other services, other areas in the industry that need to be, you know, inspired, you know, quote unquote, and just uh, deliver some innovation to allow uh, investors, not just in the United States, but all over the world, you know, give them the tools, the picks and shovels to do what they need to do to align their finances with, with God's will. Amazing. Obviously, you know, you've you kind of mentioned several areas where you've pioneered, including, I suppose, opening up a whole new angle to the industry, a whole new kind of framework, and obviously with the impact score and everything you've done there with the methodology around it. You guys have, you know, as you said, you know, you're at the, you know, the sharp end of the tip there with that. 
how have you seen and if so what changes have you observed in the sort of faith-based investment industry over the years i mean are we are we moving in the right direction are we not you know what's your perspective on that as someone who's at the cutting edge of it yeah it's definitely growing we're definitely going in the right direction you know 10 11 years ago i mean it was it was very it was still very new as far right. as like the exposure broadly there was like some real niche parts of the you know christian financial community that were aware and doing some things and uh laying some groundwork but nobody else really knew what was going on or had heard thought about that and these past 10 years uh, god has really blown the doors off in that so now we're we're able to to share this on a truly global stage you know and the biggest media outlets in the world are running stories and literally millions of believers around the world are starting to take steps to invest this way. And it's really exciting. It's still very early innings, very early in the game as far as, you know, the, the, just the, uh, the whole market. Um, it, our best analysis, uh, just in the United States from the data from our, um, our internal revenue service, you know, our tax uh, division and census and some other survey data shows that 21 trillion US dollars in the United States, just in retirement plans, are owned by Protestants, Evangelicals, and Catholics. So professing Christians in the United States own about 21 wow. trillion dollars of assets. That's about two-thirds of the retirement market. That's, wow. that's a lot of money. And uh, you know, can you name one major firm that's like addressing this in any sort of meaningful way? No, right? So wow. there's there's a there's a lot of work to be done. There's a huge opportunity for companies like us who just want to focus on that market, serve them really well. But, you know, we need more. You know, we need more people to join us in that. And and we have, uh, there are other firms, uh, friends of ours that are, you know, addressing different parts of the market and, and the mutual fund space or what have you. And it's 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 really, in, it's uh, encouraging to see that it really the industry maturing, right? The more availability, more options, more of a marketplace developing, the quality of products and, and people that are running products and, and services being elevated, it really is uh, great to see. And so as that flywheel just keeps keeps going and gathering momentum, it's drawing more and more investors into it, into the movement, and then it just it accelerates, right? It's an exponential growth. So the next 10 years, I mean, God only knows, but it's going to be huge. The Wonderful Summit is a one-day event for Christian entrepreneurs, investors, and innovators to network, be inspired by some amazing speakers, and attend a range of practical workshops. So, whether you're a startup, looking to scale, or looking for investment, join us in London on May the 18th for a conference like no other. Head over to wonderfulsummit.com and book your ticket now. So, taking a step back and, you know, we, we've looked at the macro, let's look at the micro. If I came to you and said, Robert, look, I'm a young startup or investor, I'm looking to get into this space. What, what piece of encouragement would you give me? Well, the encouragement I would say is there's an enormous blue ocean out there, right? There's a ton of marketplace and not a lot of competition, and there's a lot of opportunities to get involved in a lot of different ways. So that, for the entrepreneur, like that is, I mean, that's heaven. Right. <laughs> right there, that kind of environment. And that's what we have right now. It's not always going to be that way. So um, lean into that. And I'd also say it's got to be truly a, just a heart's passion, right? This is not just some business opportunity that if you're not really interested in this space, then don't don't get involved because the whole point is a missional driven, right. you know, why you're doing this sort of business. And so, uh, 
you know, our investors are going to be able to sniff out the fakes or the felonies, or if you're just in it for a business, you know, that that's going to be really obvious. So if God's put that passion in your heart, then get going. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. I'd love to talk to you. You know, I've got some ideas. <laughs> so yeah, just do something. <laughs> there's a lot to do. <laughs> I know when you're talking about, you just, you know, you can see the incredible, like you said, that blue ocean, you know, that incredible kind of sense of there's so much more to do. And it's almost like there's a rallying call. You're saying like, Come on, guys, if God's called you and he's put it on your heart and you're in this space, let's go. You know, you know, because yeah. obviously a lot yeah. of these times right. there's there's market opportunity, there's timing, there's context. And from what you're saying, the harvest is plenty and the fields yeah. are ripe. Right. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the right. field, right? That's, all we, that's the missing piece. Just get some workers out there and there's low-hanging fruit. And you know what? You don't need to have the Ivy League background. You don't need to have financial, you know, hoity-toity Ivy Tower background. You don't need to have, you know, billionaire investor backers. Like we had, we had none of that stuff for the first number of years. And still, like we we've, we've bootstrapped, you know, more or less like this business uh, all along the way. We've got some very bright people that have come along now that God's blessed us with. But you don't, you know, don't let that be a hindrance to get going. It, it doesn't have to be that way. So obviously, because of the nature of the mission and the nature of of the of the business and what you invest in, faith is intrinsically linked. You know, it's it's a it's missional and it's core DNA. But how has you know your personal faith played a role in this and developed as you've gone through it? Because often, you know, the more things grow, we grow as a CEO. The organizations grow. Faith sometimes doesn't grow with it, or you know, there can be there can be that real. In some people's lives, it can be a challenge or even a kind of disconnect between faith and, and business. So what's that journey kind right. of look like for you over the last few years? Yeah, my faith has really grown in a lot of different ways. But what has really just been pressed home to me deep in, in my soul is God's faithfulness. He does not abandon you to destruction and despair, right? There's so many times on any in any startup, right, any business venture, it's not easy and there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of risk and there's sometimes you you know you walk you're walking in the dark you feel like and you don't know if there's a just a, a cliff in front of you or what's going on but um if the lord has called you to do something like he's not just going to let you go drown you know he's going to take care of you and even if your business fails he's still going to take care of you uh and care of me and my family right. Right. And so when I started this endeavor, when I left the bank, it was frightening. No other way to put it. Like when I left my income and <laughs> like all earthly security behind to do something that I had no idea what I was doing. Like it was frightening. And I, and I've got two babies and a wife, and a, you know, I want to take care of them. Uh, but I had, I just got to that point. Like I just knew God was calling me to this and I had to just trust his character. Like, okay, Lord, if, if I lose the house and everything falls apart, well, you know what? We'll still be okay. Like you're still going to provide for us. The sun's still going to come up. Still going to be food on the table. You give me those promises in your word. You don't promise me riches and wealth and you know fame and fortune, but you do promise to take care of me. And he has proven himself so faithful, so faithful through these past years that I've learned that lesson a million times over. Obviously, you know we're a leadership podcast, and you know we're talking to someone here who's walking in an incredible leadership anointing because, as you said, you know might not have the Ivy League background or maybe even the sense know what you're doing but you've been anointed and called to do what you do and so along that journey what have been some of those kind of leadership keys that you hold on to you know start with why you know as, as the book says and uh, i keep that just 
incredibly central to everything you do. Right? So our mission is to inspire transformation for God's glory throughout the world, biblically responsible investing in excellence. And there were so there's so many pressures that tried to get you to compromise on those values, on your mission, on your on on just the white hot passion and the zeal, like that missionary zeal that God puts in your heart as an entrepreneur, like why you started this business and what what the purpose is, like whatever that is. And for us, it's this biblically responsible, you know, uh, investing movement. It's different for every business, but there's some white hot zeal God's put into your heart uh, as an entrepreneur, and you can't compromise on it. So for us, one example, when we were starting to launch our funds and kind of playing with the idea, getting some advice, you know, all the smart people, you know, quote unquote, all the all the experienced kind of industry people, almost to the very last one, I think, just told us the way you're screening your portfolios, the number of things that we're screening out, right? All these exclusionary criterion, like, man, that's just too much. You're not going to, you know, you're going to alienate people. I mean, you're talking about like abortion is like really a hot button issue. I mean, you're going to alienate people and and who's going to be left over? Your market's going to shrink too much. And, you know, you should think about kind of toning that down a little bit. So we cast a wider net. And, you know, when you have people who've, who've been in the industry for decades, been very successful and they're telling you this and you've, you know, <laughs> have no money in your startup, you're not even sure if it's going to work. You've got to really have some core convictions and stand on those convictions. And, and so our convictions were, you know what? Well, if we don't reach anybody, we don't reach anybody, but this is our calling. Like, this is what we're doing. We believe that life starts at conception and we shouldn't make money on the abortion industry. So we're not going to cave on that issue, right? And then from a business strategy standpoint, you know, what we learned, our, our kind of gut feeling was proven true that the people who care about what we care about will not invest in our funds if we tone that right. down, right? Those pro-life people out there are not going to invest in our funds. We tone that down. They're, they're just going to invest in Vanguard because it's cheaper or whoever else, right? And so we've got to maintain that missional integrity and those people that are aligned with our mission, care about the things we care about deeply, they're willing to take a risk on a new company, on a new fund. You know, it's a little risky. It's, it's untested. It's unproven. You know, they got to take some risk. You know, we're not a trillion dollar firm. We can't have our funds as cheap as a Vanguard or a BlackRock, right? It's just our scale isn't there. They're lower than they used to be, but you know, they're still not the industry lowest. Uh, so there's, there's gotta be some trade-off that, that investors are willing to pay to align with your mission. And so you've got to keep that mission. So what we found Brilliant. was the more passion we communicated and the tighter we clung to those real core values, the more business we attracted from our, from, from our ideal clients. And then they, and they raved to all of like raving fans, right? They just tell everybody. And that's how we build our brand. That's why we're a global brand. God's really blessed that whole process. We've got unpaid evangelists out there uh, telling everybody they know about Inspire Investing. And it's it's so cool to see that happening. But that doesn't happen if, if you moderate those those core values. So, so you can never do that. And and ha has that been something you've consistently had to really work internally? Because obviously values become culture, culture becomes behaviors, and behaviors you know drive outcomes. So... Is that something even now as a global brand and as a, as a firm that's scaled incredibly, are you still having to drive that? Is, you know, how does that look on a kind of, you know, on a leadership basis? Yeah, you're never done with that job, right? I mean, as a leader, you're never, your, your job of uh, communicating and instilling values and mission and vision is just, is never done. It's not like, okay, we, we had a great speech. Here's our values. Here's our mission. Check that box. Everybody, you know, information delivered. Moving right. on. Like that's that's not how it works, right? So you have to in, literally in every every conversation, 
I have trying to tie it into our values, use the actual words, you know, our, our values are blessing, excellence, stewardship, and transformation, our best values. So it's just, we put it into our vernacular. It's in just about every conversation we have. And when we make decisions, it's, it's all about inspiring transformation for God's glory. The name of our company, you know, is, is in our mission statement. And it's everything we do. It's so focused and, but it is work, you know, and it, and it would not take long if we stopped having that intentional focus for things to just kind of drift and not intentionally people just sort of stop thinking right. about it and it becomes less central and then it's easier to just kind of get off course you know so you as the leader that's that's your number one job is to just keep that in every conversation everywhere it's not just a poster on the wall right that doesn't do it either it's got to be in your in your in your communication um, and all your people's communication and make sure your leaders are communicating that way and using the, the same vocabulary and just keep it in front of your people all the time so Robert, just drilling down into your life a little bit again. So who who's inspired you over the years, and and, and or who inspires you now? Who who keeps the inspire or what keeps the inspiration going? That's a really good question. So honestly, our team, the people I get to work with here and inspire, the people that have raised their hand and found us and said, "I want to work at this place, and I want to take my professional giftings and and apply them in this movement," and the kind of Especially in the early days, I mean, those those folks were making sacrifices. We couldn't pay as right. much as you know the firms they were working at before. Uh, that's still the case in a lot of ways. You know, we're not again, we're not as big as the the big boys on Wall Street, and it's inspiring, right? It's encouraging to see them have as much or more passion for our movement and mission than I do, and uh, to see how they are so just on fire for for what we do and just love their job. Just love the work they do every day. And then the second group would be our investors all over the world, like the people who use our products. When we started trading, I think it was the day of or the day after, you know, maybe we started trading on the New York Stock Exchange with our funds. I got a, a Twitter message from an investor in Zambia. Huh. You know, we didn't have a Zambian marketing department or anything yeah. like that, right? But he had heard about us in the news or whatever, and he just was gushing with like, Praise the Lord, brother. Thank you so much for doing this. Like, it's such a blessing to me. And it's I'm praying for your ministry, you know, and we talk to people from all over the world um, who have tears in their eyes talking about that they got to invest in our funds. It's, it's, it's not just this widget that they get. It's not just another investment product. It's truly touching uh, a part of their life where, you know, people will tell us, you know, for so long, I just, I was just like conflicted. I, I didn't know how companies I'm investing in and how do I know what they're doing and how do I... Like I had this longing to worship God with how I invest his money. And now I finally have a way to do that. Like, thank you so much, man. It's, it's, um, it's touching. And, and it, it, that's where I get my encouragement and my inspiration for sure is just seeing how God has used, you know, things like ETFs to truly change people's lives and change families is remarkable. As a CEO steward in this movement, which is still in scaling phase, and a husband and father of five, what do you do to relax and unwind? <laughs> uh, not enough, probably. <laughs> so I'd I like to do more of that. No, uh, yeah, we love uh, out here again. Out here in the Boise, Idaho area, it's it's uh, mountainous and forests and rivers, and so we we love spending time out, outside in God's beautiful creation, playing out in the river with the kids, jumping off rocks and you know, going fishing and hunting and camping and all those sort of things. I love to read. We have a little farm, you know, 
quote unquote farm. We have some chickens <laughs> and, a, and a red barn. <laughs> and so we, you know, that's fun. You know, it's a newer thing for us. And just, uh, you know, just enjoying, enjoying the simple life really with, uh, with each other. Brilliant. Sounds idyllic. Final question, Robert. I'll let you go because you've still got a busy day ahead, I'm sure. And it's a question we ask all of our guests. What's one piece of advice you would give your younger self? My younger self? Well, you know, I would say trust God more. Trust God more. Uh, he's faithful and he'll never fail you. So don't be afraid and trust him more. Brilliant. Robert, it's been a genuine inspiration just listening to you and not even just what you're saying, but the spirit in which you're saying it. And then you can feel the, I really trust our listeners can feel this as well. Just feel the heart and the DNA, that kingdom values that are flowing through you and just the, the way God's blessing you because of the way you're accurately walking before him. So yeah, really just trust for a brilliant next season of not just business life, but family life and everything else you're involved with as well. So Thank you for being on a podcast with me today and God bless. Yeah, all glory to God. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here.